That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, a joint podcast from the China Project and Caixin Global. We bring you the most critical business and finance news from China. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast, part of the China Project. In this week's episode, China unveils a sweeping policy package to rescue the sluggish property market, and Beijing extends income tax breaks for foreigners. Meanwhile, Chinese AI software developer SenseTime is laying off more staff as the company remains deep in the red. But first, let's look at China's EV sector. Tesla's top China rival BYD reported its weakest revenue growth in more than a year as the brutal price war in the world's biggest auto market drags on. BYD's revenue rose around 70% in the second quarter, its smallest quarterly gain since the first three months of last year. Since late last year, Chinese car makers have been offering steep discounts to lure buyers in a crowded market, cutting into revenues and profits. But BYD's financial performance remains robust. It is China's best-selling car brand this year, having leapfrogged German auto giant Volkswagen in the first quarter. BYD's gross margins have also held up well, which is expected to help the company navigate another spell of discounting. Analysts remain positive on BYD's earnings momentum. Some estimate that the carmaker is on track to meet its target of delivering 3 million vehicles this year. The strong sales, powered by rising domestic demand and exports, will help offset pricing pressure. BYD's local rival NEO reported widening losses as vehicle deliveries came in at the low end of the company's target. The automaker booked a 6 billion yuan net loss in the second quarter, more than double the loss in the same period last year. Revenue plunged as deliveries fell 6%. Earlier this year, senior executives were confident NEO could double sales to 250,000 vehicles in 2023, but the company only managed to ship 20% of the annual goal in the first half. That said, more recent figures point to some improvements. In July, NEO delivered a record 20,000-plus vehicles after price cuts. It also rolled out two new versions of its cars. In AI news, Chinese AI software developer SenseTime is laying off workers again as it struggles to stem a tide of red ink. 
Current and former employees told Caixin that the company has been gradually cutting positions while slowing hiring in recent months. In one case, a department is cutting 10% to 15% of its staff. It has also ordered employees to stop developing new versions of some existing products. In a statement to Caixin, SenseTime said that it had made strategic adjustments based on changes in the market and its own development. Since time remains deep in the red, but in 2022, the Hong Kong listed firm narrowed losses to 6 billion yuan from 17 billion yuan the previous year. And now to Beijing's latest efforts to retain foreign talent. China will extend preferential income tax policies for foreigners until the end of 2027, an encouraging signal to foreign businesses in the country. The finance ministry said China will continue to waive taxes on foreign workers' benefits, including subsidies for housing, language training, and children's education. The European Union Chamber of Commerce in China praised the extension, which it said will help China stem the outflow of foreign talent that has taken place over the past few years. And lastly, developments in the property sector Beijing on Thursday unveiled reductions in down payment requirements for home buyers and will allow banks to cut interest rates on existing mortgages. Both are major steps to halt a slump in the country's residential property market. China's property sector has come under mounting stress, with giant developer Country Garden posting a record loss for the first half. Despite risks of spread to the country's $60 trillion financial system, Officials have refrained from resorting to a large-scale bailout for the industry, spurring broader economic concerns and putting the government's 5% growth target at risk. Some local authorities are also ramping up support for the housing market. China's four biggest cities, Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Shenzhen, have eased definitions of first home buyers to enable more people to take advantage of lower mortgage rates and down payments. All four cities now define first-time homebuyers as those who, along with their spouse and minor children, don't own housing under their names in the city, regardless of whether they borrowed to buy any housing in any city. A real estate analyst told Caixin that the change may help release demand. But reminders of China's property crisis remain ever-present. On August 28th, real estate titan China Evergrande Group delayed key votes on its offshore debt restructuring plan just hours before it was scheduled to start, adding to uncertainty in a protracted process to finalize one of the country's biggest ever restructurings. Evergrande said that the meetings for the group and some units have been delayed to late September to give creditors time to evaluate recent developments, including the resumption of trading in its stock, as well as the terms of the proposals. The last-minute change was the second such abrupt delay from a major distressed Chinese developer in just days. On August 25th, Country Garden pushed back voting on its request to extend payment on a bond. And speaking of Country Garden, let's turn now to Caixin Global Finance reporter Yu Kun Zhang to talk about the roots of Country Garden's debt woes. Hello, Yu Kun, and welcome back to the show. It's been a while, Kaiser. Thanks for having me again. 
Yeah, so today, as I said, we're going to talk about this company, Country Garden, which is quite the talk of the town for people who follow China news. Yes, that's right. Country Garden, or Biguiyuan, as we call it in Mandarin Chinese, was China's largest property developer by sales value for six years until the end of last year. And it had weathered the property market slump of the past two years relatively well. But now it's on the verge of a possible bond default as of the time we're recording this episode. Seems like there's a lot to unpack here. Can you start by telling us a little bit about Country Garden? Sure. Country Garden was established in 1992 by Yang Guoqiang and headquartered in the wealthy city in Guangdong called Foshan. It was listed in Hong Kong in 2007 and 10 years later became China's largest developer by sales value. Its growth has tapped the housing demand in China's third and fourth tier cities, where there were massive urban renewal projects going on. So basically, the local government would demolish old houses and compensate the owners, who would then use the money to buy new homes. But now Country Garden is financially struggling. Right. It's having trouble making bond repayments. In early August, it missed interest payments on two offshore U.S. dollar bonds, and then later that month, the trading of 11 onshore bonds issued by Country Garden and its subsidiaries were suspended. One of them is due September the 2nd, and it had 3.9 billion yuan in outstanding principal. That's about 535 million U.S. dollars. Country Garden apparently isn't able to repay that on time. It proposed to extend the bond by three years, but there was a lot of pushback from bondholders. So now it's seeking a 40-day grace period so that it can keep negotiating with creditors. And at the same time, it's planning to issue more shares to raise 270 million Hong Kong dollars. But that's only about 34 million US dollars. But Country Garden hasn't actually defaulted on bonds yet, right? That's right. Actually, before 2023, it seems to be doing pretty well considering the overall market. A lot of its peers, such as China Evergrande, defaulted or had trouble completing pre-sold housing projects after the market crashed around mid-2021. But last year, Country Garden repaid all its bonds on time and delivered almost 700,000 housing units. That's the most among all domestic developers, and more than the combined amount delivered by Evergrande and China Wanke, two other big developers. How did things go so bad for Country Garden this year? The immediate cause is that its sales tumbled 35% year-on-year in the first seven months of 2023. The plunge in sales worsened the company's financial strain. In the first half of this year, it recorded a loss of 51.5 billion yuan. And what are the deeper causes here? It's a story similar to what happened to other major developers, including China Evergrande. Many of them operated under this model that was characterized by massive borrowing and quick turnover. But the Chinese government became concerned about the high leverage. So in 2020, they started a campaign to limit how much developers can borrow. As a result, many developers lost some of their key funding channels. Paying back their debts becomes a challenge, and some developers can't even finish their housing projects because they don't have enough money to operate. A lot of them defaulted in the past two years. So, but Country Garden was doing okay. Yes. If you look at Country Garden's financial report for last year, 
you'll find that at the end of the year, they had enough cash to cover short-term debt of some 94 billion yuan due in 2023. How do things look for Country Garden in the near-term future? I would say not very good because sales are unlikely to pick up soon. And sales are what Country Garden has to rely on because otherwise raised money are limited. Yang Guoqiang's strategy for building projects in third and fourth tier cities kind of backfired. The housing markets in these regions have been hit especially hard in this round of property market downturn. It was overheated to begin with, and now the demand's gone. All right, Yukun, thank you so much for all that information. You're welcome, Kaiser. Let's talk again next time. Great. And if our listeners are interested in more details about this story, please head on over to CaixinGlobal.com. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Sinica Business Brief was produced this week by Kaiser Guo and by Zhang Ziyu, Lin Jinbing, and Jonathan Breen at Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Sinica Network, like The Amazing China in Africa and China Global South Podcasts. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to China Access from the China Project. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.